Hello, everyone. My name is Jordan Newman, and I am a fandom optimist. This is the show where every week we talk about the latest and greatest of our favorite fandoms and try our best to stay optimistic. But sometimes we like to take a step back and talk about, let's say, classic movies and be optimistic about those instead. Uh, Sadly, Arjan is unable to join me again this week, but I am joined once again by friend of the show and host of the podcast, Cape Corner, Beyond Blue. Blue, how are you feeling? I'm slowly taking over. (laughs) 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 I knew all that uh, arsenic I put in Arjan's meals would would come in handy. It worked. Uh, (laughs) Got him. (laughs) Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm admittedly feeling a little bit guilty because you wanted to record this episode earlier, and I was too busy <laughs> playing Mass Effect, and I forgot. Yeah. I sat down to record, and I was just like, huh, he's not usually late. That's odd. It's, it's I was just playing on my phone. Smash cut to me being like, oh, God, fighting these Batarians sure is hard. Uh, I wish the controls in this game were better. What was I supposed to be doing? There were I feel like there's something that I was that I was gonna do like an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> like literally it was just like I I was sitting there, I was playing the game, and I was like, I should take a look at what time it is. Uh and I look at my phone and it's like 5.50, and I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so um uh, so as as usual, or at least as used to be usual, but I haven't been doing it the last couple of weeks, but I'm doing it this time. There will be uh, time codes in the description if you are particularly interested in parts of the show or just absolutely not interested in other parts of the show. So you can jump around using the time codes. Uh, today, we'll be talking about Ryan Reynolds' 2011 masterpiece <laughs> known as Green Lantern. And, and all the wonderful things about that movie. <laughs> but, but first, we're going to do a quick little news section here. So I guess the first, the first news is some Disney Plus news, uh, which is that it's been uh, announced in theory. I don't remember who announced it, but I, it, I think we have a reason to know that this is confirmed, that the Hawkeye series and the Miss Marvel series are supposed to premiere before the end of the year, which... I didn't know before now, so I'm calling it news. And I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, Blue, are you excited for those uh, projects in particular? You know what? Um, I would say that I wasn't really excited or interested about Hawkeye. But then again, I also wasn't excited or interested about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which really blew my expectations out of the water. So It's good. Uh, I am I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Hawkeye like I've always liked Hawkeye I've never really been on the whole bandwagon of oh I don't understand what he's there it's like well why the fuck <laughs> is Black Widow there you guys just don't make that criticism because you like seeing ScarJo's butt but like yeah. <laughs> uh, and as far as the I, Ms. Marvel I remember series, seeing something that was like regarding Endgame it's a really mean comment but I thought it was kind of funny because in Endgame there's a lot of emotional close-ups of Jeremy Renner and someone said, why did they give so many close-ups to the ugliest Avenger? And I was... That was Whoa! Really, what it was the really, fuck? It was really funny, but also so mean. Like, come on. He's... Also inaccurate. He's not I that think he's ugly. pretty handsome. I think he's pretty handsome. I think he's better looking than fucking Mark Ruffalo. You know what? 
That's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo. We're going to get into like rating the, the appearances of the Avengers. <laughs> Chris Evans is the best. Uh, welcome, welcome to our tier list. Uh, <laughs> I know those have been dead for like two years, but whatever. But yeah, I thought that was those are particularly mean uh, article that I found in the yeah. in the wake of Avengers Endgame. But I like Hawkeye. Yeah, and like as him. far as the um the entire thing with uh, the Miss Marvel series, um, I only have one hope. Uh, I really want them to have the villain of that series be the Super Scroll. Ooh, that would be cool. Because, like, he is technically a Fantastic Four villain, but Miss Marvel is the character that, or uh, rather Captain Marvel, sorry, is the character that has the um, strongest ties to the Skrulls so far in the MCU. And uh, I think it would be neat if he was, like, a rogue Skrull that, uh, because the Skrulls in the MCU, as opposed to every other piece of Marvel media, are peaceful and kind, and they're allies to the Earthlings, which is a really cool twist on things, that I didn't see coming, but it would oh, be it was awesome. If he was, awesome. If he was just like a real bastard man, like he is in the normal. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping because there is supposed to be a secret invasion Disney Plus series at some point. I'm like, how are you going to do that? So I'm I so think, fascinated by I how they could pull that off. The only thing I can think of is that that there are different little tribes of scrolls, and that the one we met is okay, but there's some more out there that are not so okay. That's really the only yeah, thing. That or maybe it's just like a deep dive into the scrolls trying to live their life and stay hidden among the humans uh, civilization on Earth. And it's not necessarily that the secret invasion is like bad in context by like how it is with the comics, but like uh, like kind of a J. Jonah Jameson, like it's a secret invasion when really they're actually just trying to live their best life. <laughs> That'd be an interesting way to do it. Yeah, I'm I'm quite excited for the Miss Marvel series, uh, partly also because I believe she is supposed to appear in the Captain Marvel two, which has been titled The Marvels, and I'm pretty yeah. excited about that. I'm pretty excited to see uh, Carol Danvers hanging out with uh, Kamala Khan. That should be yes. really cool. You know what's fun uh, is that I really thought that Kamala was going to first appear in Agents of Shield. Oh yeah, that would make sense. She's an Inhuman because there was a there was a Shield agent in season six uh, named Trevor Khan. Oh yeah, okay. Ah, I, I didn't make that connection back then. Yeah, yeah, that would have been cool. I was immediately like, he's Middle Eastern and his last name is Khan. Holy shit. He's like Kamala's brother or something. Yeah, and we're and dealing they, with a lot of inhuman shit. Yeah, and they just never did anything with it. I was like, oh. Uh, that's too bad. Well, we get it now. How cool yeah. would it be if, like, Quake showed up in the show? It would be really cool. I want them to start having more crossover stuff with the TV show uh, stuff. Like, the only thing that they've crossed over... Uh, is apparently Cloak and Dagger appeared uh, with, um, what was it? The Runaways? The Runaways? Yeah, that happened. They had the they had the Jarvis from uh, Agent Carter show up in Endgame. So, yeah. that's cool. That's close. 
Yeah. But I would I would I, love to see some Agents of Shield people show up in one of these Disney Plus franchises. Like Quake is now out there in space. And look, I'll be honest, and like I know this is the optimism show. I'll try to be less me about this <laughs> as I approach this topic. But I have to say Quake the of the main cast of Agents of Shield, my least favorite. Mm-hmm. She just consistently makes the worst decisions that's probably fair like constantly (laughs) across the series like in the later seasons especially every big mistake that's made she's the one that makes it um she was gung-ho to attack yo-yo and everything all for the sake of keeping colson alive which he himself did not want. So she was also acting against his will. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, she made some bad decisions. Yeah, and then there was the stuff in, like, season seven where uh, she was immediately, like, before they knew that they were already on a different timeline, she's immediately telling um, Deke to Merc, um, uh, what's his name? Hydra Boy, back in the... Oh, yeah. Oh no! <laughs> you know the one. Um, I know the one. I know Malik. Uh, Malik. It was Wilfred Malik, Malik. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, she was, was like, he makes Hydra. You should kill him right now. And it's Do like, it. branch us. Thing, and she's like, no brain, only kill. You branch us off of this timeline right now, Mister. Uh, it was just like, and, and there. I know there's other stuff, but I don't want to make this a uh, rant thing again. So. <laughs> Yeah, while, I, while I would still love me, to see her come back. I was going to say, while she can frustrate me, I would still be so hyped to see her appear in something else. Uh, and for the Hawkeye series, I am I am so much more excited than I used to be for the Hawkeye series. I'm going to say something that sounds like it's spoiling things. I'm not going to spoil I'm not going to spoil Black Widow for anyone. But after watching Black Widow, I'm more excited for the Hawkeye series because there is an element of Black Widow that seems like it's going to affect the Hawkeye show. And I can't wait to see how it does. I'm going to say a speculation real quick. I am going to put potential spoiler warning right here. You're just guessing, so the audience doesn't need to worry too much, because you haven't seen Black Widow, right? No, but I'm aware of events in comic books that probably alter the MCU. Oh, okay. Just in case, if anybody doesn't want to know, skip ahead by like a minute. All right, all right. Or use so, or use our little uh, time codes to jump to our main topic. You do those, nice. Um, I try. So, okay, is it that Yelena? It Yelena is definitely still going to be around. Cool. That's that's a thing. She is the Dark Avengers Black Widow. Is that a comics thing? Yes. Are you aware of the Dark Avengers? I've... I did not know that they had a Black Widow and that it's Elena. That's pretty cool. They have have the entire roster of the... Well, the mainline Avengers. Uh, They have dark counterparts of all of them. So, uh, Norman Osborn is the leader, and he actually is the Iron Patriot, uh, which was not I knew that one. and so he is supposed to be both Iron Man and also to a degree Captain America, but it's mostly he's the Dark Avengers Iron Man, 
The Dark Avengers, Captain America is U.S. agent. Right. Uh, Naturally. The Dark Avengers, Black Widow is Yelena. The Dark Avengers, Hulk is Abomination. Of course. Um, and he is the supposed Dark... to be showing up in one of these Disney Plus shows again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's going to be in Shang-Chi. Oh, yeah, in Shang-Chi. Uh, the Dark Avengers Spider-Man is Venom, but like he slims his body down to be the less muscular, like the black suit Spider-Man look. Is it is it Agent Venom? Is that the thing? Uh, or is that something else that I'm thinking of? No, no. Agent Venom is is also well. I mean, he's also in the comics. Uh, it, well, it's difficult, right? Agent Venom is like they manage to contain Venom within a machine and they can deploy him in small bursts for a temporary period. So the human has control of the power and the symbiote doesn't. Um, so uh, uh, Flash Thompson actually becomes Agent Venom and it's really cool. Right, I knew that one. He's paralyzed, but the symbiote lets him use his legs. Um, Interesting. No, uh, I, I think this is just like straight up Venom, but he just slims his body down. Oh, cool. Um, and then the uh, Dark Avengers Wolverine is Dokken, who is Wolverine's son. Huh. Neat. Yeah. So they got a, a counterpart for everybody, pretty much. Yeah, and it kind of feels like, I mean, because we had, uh, what is it? Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine recruit yeah. U.S. agent for some plausibly nefarious purpose. And so, now that Yelena's out there and they're Yelena's bringing Abomination back, yeah, I'm like, they're probably... Yelena, we've, yeah, it feels like they're it. Probably, <laughs> they're probably setting up for a Dark Avengers and they're probably setting up for a Young Avengers. Honestly, so the future excited. of the MCU looks so bright right now. It's it's going nuts. <laughs> I, I saw, I think I've said this before, but I saw where, where someone said that really the first 23 movies up through Endgame that was kind of just the prologue to trick <laughs> casual audiences into liking this stuff. Now they're going to explode with the weird comic book shit. Man, that's such an insane thing to think <laughs> about. That 23 movies that made billions and billions and hundreds of billions of dollars. They averaged like, a billion dollars each. Yeah. So, like, at least $23 billion. <laughs> it's nuts. It, it was all set up. <laughs> It's nuts. Um, so yeah, that's that's our Disney Plus news. We had a, uh, that one other piece of news. Did you want to uh, say that one? Oh yeah, big news about Spider Man No Way Home. The trailer's still not out yet. Still not here. That's... We have five months until the movie comes out, and we've not even had a teaser. Now, to be fair, I think I think we're kind of on track. We're like. Two weeks past where the Far From Home trailer released relative to when that came out. And we're still like a week away from where Endgame's trailer released from when that movie came out. So my bet is that it's going to be in the next three weeks between right now and the premiere of What If. That's what I'm betting it comes out in these little three week window here. I, I would be very surprised if they wait longer than that. But yeah. they might, they might do it just to make me look wrong. I mean, the, even if you are correct in your assessment of uh, the average time before a movie comes out that they release trailers, the internet has been pissed. The internet is pissed. I'm like, come on, you know you're excited for this movie. Just relax. No, that 
that that's the point. Like I I'm I'm not even talking about the typical Spider-Man haters that we have to deal with. Just like even the fans are like, "Come on, man, give us a trailer. We're so excited. Show us something." Yeah, that's fair. Um, it'll it'll come out. I'm betting it's in the next three weeks. That's my I, I'm betting that's where we're going. I get to give you a wedgie if you're wrong. All right, you can you can come to Texas and, and do that. Um, <laughs> I am very far away. Let me put on my walking shoes. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we will we will go ahead and jump into our main topic today, which is the iconic and beloved 2011 classic, Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern, and and how awesome that movie is, because because <laughs> we're optimists, I guess. Uh, I'm aware that this is an audio medium, but I want everybody <laughs> to like. You know that uh, shot of Michael Scott from The Office where he's just looking extremely nonplussed and judgmental? Yes. I want people to imagine me with that face right now. I'm picturing it. (laughs) Uh, It's So, yes, I should give a disclaimer that optimism does not mean blind love and and, uh, praise. I am aware that this is not a good movie. (laughs) <laughs> but I love watching this movie. I don't know why. I have fun with it. Um and so I'm just going to talk about the the things that are good about it and also some of the things that are bad about it but without being obnoxious and mean about it. You know what? <laughs> I will I will concede to something. I kind of also enjoy watching this movie. Because it's one of those where it's bad, but it's kind of fun to pick apart how bad it is. It's like watching The Room. Yeah. Yeah, it's Tell delightful. It's so's masterpiece. It's, it's a delightful little film. Uh, it is, I, I, is this where, this, it's Blake Lively in this movie, right? I think. Uh, as Carol Ferris? I yes, I, I, I believe so. I'm just double checking. That I'm not just making that up. Yeah, it's Blake Lively. So I think this is where they met, maybe? Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively? And if so, they're, that's pretty cool. They're still a couple, right? Yeah. Uh, they're married. They're real cool. Um, he, uh, he apparently also dated ScarJo at some point, and people are making the joke that Deadpool waited to become canon to the MCU until Black Widow died. <laughs> <laughs> Just so Ryan Reynolds wouldn't have to deal with his ex. They had that little deal where they had Deadpool talking to Korg for his reaction video. Yeah. That was so funny. I he is it. he is so on point as Deadpool in that. I love it. And I also yeah. love that Deadpool in his movie got to make fun of this movie when he says, just please don't make the super suit green. <laughs> Or animated. Yeah. Because it's uh, it's kind of a silly looking super suit. But for for what it is, I like it. The, the mask never quite works. I feel like the mask never looks like it's actually on his face. I, it, it, I, was, I was just going to say, weirdly enough, for how critical I am compared to you, I never really had a problem with the suit. <laughs> yeah, I actually I, I like the suit. 
Just the mask know, feels like it's not really on his face. I know that it's a major point uh, to hate the suit because it does look incredibly cartoony, but for me, it's like kind of the whole movie looks cartoony. So weirdly, I kind of think it fits. Yeah, this uh, is a comic book movie. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you're right. The The mask never really looks quite right. And what's really funny is that um, Carol actually... Uh, like he, he comes down and he's all like, hello there, Miss Ferris. And she's like, oh my God, <laughs> Hal. And he's like, what? And she's like, you're Hal. And he's like, what? No. Uh, what? No. Uh, no. And she's like, I've had <laughs> sex with you. I've seen you naked. You, you what? You think I'm not going to know who you are because you're hiding your cheekbones? See, that is one of my favorite scenes because it's like, thank you for finally acknowledging that these domino masks do nothing. <laughs> I love domino masks. Easily the most ineffective of mask types, though. They do absolutely nothing to conceal your identity. And I am you know so what's even happy more that this movie acknowledged it. It's even more effective when you have like a like a, a like a bandana around the bottom half of your face. Because at least when you see the top half of your face, you still can't see like their mouth, their nose, their cheeks, their chin, all of that stuff. Uh so it still covers more than the domino mask does. Yeah, and like the way that uh, that Oliver Queen does it on the show Arrow, where he's got the domino mask, but then he's also got this big, thick hood that's like covering his hair and his forehead, and so you can really only see his jawline. And then it's like, yeah, okay, I buy that unless you are right up in front of him talking to him, you're not going to recognize that guy. And half the time he operates in, like, dark areas anyway. Yeah, he's, so. he's basically Batman in that show, and so he's usually operating exclusively at night, which is pretty cool. I, I, I like Arrow. I think it's great. But, yeah, Ryan Reynolds in general in this movie, he's just, he's just delightful. I love, I love Ryan Reynolds and everything I've ever seen him in. He's just, the man can do no wrong uh, that I've seen. I think he's he's really good at much like Harrison Ford, where he pretty much is just him. Harrison Ford doesn't have a an astonishing amount of range, but he's really good at being Harrison Ford. Just there's a vibe to him that really works with particularly action movies, but really any any role that you put him in, it just works. There's certain but, actors who pretty much just always play themselves, but they're really good at it. And it's like Harrison Ford, Samuel Jack Jackson, Black, Samuel Jackson, Jack Black, and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds for sure, and Dwayne Johnson really now. Yes, uh, he's just he's just this sunny, cool guy, and he's happy, and he's being cool. And just... maybe that's why my favorite movie with him is. Um, the rundown because he actually has to play kind of a like shittier, more bitter person in that. Movie. Interesting. I can't picture that. <laughs> yeah, I can't, well, I can't picture his face rundown? doing that. Have you not seen the rundown? I have not. It's a fantastic movie from 2002, and uh, Christopher Walken is the villain. <laughs> oh, I love when Christopher Walken is the villain. Uh, it's a it's a genuinely really good movie. Like I'm I've never been super into like early two thousands action movies. The Rundown is my favorite of that genre, though. It's so I good. gotta go find it. Christopher Walken as the villain 
is like 30% of the fun in uh, Batman Returns. <laughs> he's, he's great. Yeah. I love him in that. Oh, you know, that reminds me. You know what I uh, realized uh, recently? Um, it uh, it kind of blew my mind. Uh, that uh, Paul Rubin, um, you know, Pee Wee Herman. Yes. Uh, yeah, he's, you can say it. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. <laughs> he's always the Penguin's dad. Yeah, <laughs> that's so weird. Dad. He was the Penguin's dad in Batman Returns, and he was also the Penguin's dad in Gotham. And he was great in it. He was great in Gotham. I loved him in Gotham. He really was. I loved the Penguin in general in Gotham. He was one of my favorite characters in that show. I uh, felt like so often he teetered on the edge of becoming like for me, but he always very carefully rode that line and managed to bring me back in anytime I started to think, uh, too dumb. It, then he would do something like right then it was like okay you know what i'm still on board yeah th- this dude is still an unhinged maniac that's worth watching <laughs> yeah but yeah car- uh, actors who always play themselves ryan reynolds seems to be kind of one of them you know there's there's differences but he's always got that kind of devil may care i'm being funny and a little snarky attitude and he's great at it he is so good at it. And also, also between the casting and also the character design, this movie is a walking comic book. He looks like what I think Hal Jordan should look like. They made Sinestro look like he just stepped off of a comic book panel. Kilowog is Kilowog. That's mm-hmm. just, they're all perfect. Adam yeah. Sewer as well. Yeah. I feel uh, like I feel like I should know who Adam Sewer was. His face seems familiar to me. <laughs> I, I think it was someone significant. I remember knowing at one point, and then I forgot. Let me go find it. I was going to say, you're not going to be hearing the clacking of my keyboard today because I've had to disconnect the internet from my computer temporarily because I'm downloading Mass Effect and our internet is poo-poo garbage. <laughs> I can't believe it. It was Tamora Morrison. Oh! I love Tamora why... Morrison! Wow. He didn't even have his Aussie accent. No! Or New Zealand accent, or whatever he is. I love Tamora Morrison. Boba Fett was in <laughs> the Green Lantern, and he's also well, ex- Aquaman's dad. He's a cool guy. That explains why I thought he sounded familiar. Yeah, or oh, right. uh, uh cool. looked familiar. Sorry, but yeah, they the character the character design might be my favorite thing about this movie. Everyone looks perfect. I hope that they get half this level of comic book accuracy the next time they make a Green Lantern movie. It's awesome. Whenever that'll be. Whenever that's oh God. It was supposed to be like this year. It was supposed to be last year when they when they announced in like 2015 what their whole slate was going to be 2020 yep. was going to be the green lantern core movie oh trust me i remember <laughs> <laughs> oh god i want i want one i want a green lantern movie uh, yeah i also particularly love the score uh james newton howard i believe 
Gotta double check. I'm just pulling names out and then feeling like I got them wrong and then Googling them and then finding out that I was right anyway. Uh, but yeah, uh, the... go ahead. No, I was just going to say it, it's like you're gambling, but you're on a hot streak. So it's impressive, if anything. <laughs> yes, it was James Newton Howard. And I really liked, honestly, most of the music is kind of just there. There's not, there's not a lot of the soundtrack where I was like, wow, this is really blowing me away. But whenever it kind of builds up into the Green Lantern Corps, bum, 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 that part is always really cool. It, it always is like, oh, yeah, there it is. There's the Green Lantern theme. I always yeah. like when there's at, if there's at least one really recognizable theme, I'm going to consider the soundtrack at least some form of a success because I cannot recall the 2000 daredevil theme at all i 2003 it was 2003 okay the ben affleck daredevil i can't remember that no i finally got one of these (laughs) off the top of my head stats wrong Uh, (laughs) oh trust me the the years i remember for those because it was 2002 was ang lee's hulk 2003 was uh ben affleck daredevil and then i I believe 2000 hulk was 2003 but I could have sworn, but uh, I, I, I assume that I'm wrong. <laughs> wait, now I'm gonna look that might, up. You might actually yeah, be right. Yeah, Hulk I think 2003 was Spider-Man Two. Was what I'm thinking of. Yes, no, that, that was, was 2004. Definitely. What was 2002? Wait. Oh, it was X. It had to be. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But yeah, you're right. Uh, O three is <laughs> Ben Affleck's Daredevil. I have no idea what the main theme of that movie was. I cannot recall. The light motif. It was fucking. Um, it was the it was the meme song. It was the um, bring me to wake me up, wake me up. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, every now and then this podcast will wind up turning into a soundtrack show while while I discuss <laughs> the importance of the light motif. Uh, but but yeah, I I cannot remember like the Daredevil one. Uh, I can kind of remember the Fantastic Four one, but it often leaves my mind. But that Green you know, Lantern it's, one, it's short, it's simple, and it's memorable. It's kind, of, bum, 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 bum. it's kind of amazing that you just used the word leitmotif, because I was literally just explaining to my coworker two days ago what a leitmotif is. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, leitmotifs are awesome. <laughs> They're great. Uh, they They were used before... Uh, Wagner, but he really, really used them and and made it where you can't go without using a leitmotif in orchestral music. Uh, after uh, Wagner in in old operas, John Williams uses them extensively in Star Wars and Harry Potter, but the Green Lantern Corps has its own leitmotif used uh, in with James Newton Howard's score, and I really like it. It's so the question becomes, do you think they will actually bother to keep that leitmotif? They won't. Uh, or... um, they definitely won't. Because it won't be the same world. They'll want to make their own thing. Yeah, but they've already dipped their toes into using old leitmotifs with like... You know, Batman. that's true. That is true. They brought back the... The Danny Elfman Batman theme for the Justice League movie. That's a good point. Yep. 
And they've been using the Williams Superman theme all over the place. <laughs> they sure which, have. Which I keep seeing really pisses people off, apparently. I keep seeing people get really irrationally angry on Twitter. It's like, oh, I... you're just you're just using nostalgia to make people want to see. Because I think it was because they used it for the promo for the Super Pets animated movie. They had the bum ba da 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 yeah, for... and what's <laughs> wild is I, I literally got into an argument on Twitter, which you so know, did I. I it makes me so exclusive, uh, <laughs> where this this dude was just hardcore, like, Christopher Reeve's Superman is stupid and it's dumb, and if you want your <sighs> Superman to be happy and hopeful, it's because you're a fucking nerd who doesn't even know what Superman's about. It's like, Superman is about being hopeful, and he's like, no! Just because he, he wears bright colors. Like, I probably already went off about this, but he was like, his argument <laughs> boiled down to uh, Superman wearing bright colors isn't indicative of him being hopeful because there are other characters that are like Superman that wear bright colors. And he proceeded to list Superboy Prime, Homelander, Omni-Man, Cyborg Superman. And I was like, they're all literally knockoffs of Superman, though. Yeah, and, that's... Yeah, and also, like, where... How would anyone get away with saying the point of Superman isn't to be hopeful when they've said it like 83 times in the last few Superman properties? It's yeah, constant. It's, I'm wild. I stand for hope. That's my thing. I'm Superman. I'm hope. That's the whole thing. Hope is Superman. Like, the S they, stands for hope. They don't actually believe things. All they believe is that Zack Snyder is their one true god and anything that deviates from his Superman is blasphemous. Because even when I started like being like, here's the reasons why Superman is hopeful, and like he couldn't wiggle, wiggle his way out of it, he was like, well, Zack Snyder said that the S stands for hope. It's like, but you were just arguing that he doesn't stand <laughs> for hope. So what is oh, your stand on the topic? And he, he didn't oh, have Oh, dear God. Like, so yes, what I'm getting at is that, um, uh, Zack Snyder, look, again, I'm not saying you can, you, you have to dislike Zack Snyder's work. What I'm saying is stop being a pretentious prick about it. It's the you gatekeeping. Can, that's the problem. You that's can like always the other problem. DC, you can like all of the other DC properties and still like Zack Snyder's stuff. Yeah, but it always like... really bothers me when, when someone gets onto that it's like, no, Zack Snyder's is the real Superman, and and you're just a silly little baby if you like your uh, your brightly colored John Williams themed Christopher Reeve Superman. So, well, that's that's Superman. They're all Superman. They're all hope. And I, that's the whole thing. I feel <laughs> the need to make this distinction because I don't want people to start doing whataboutism with me. Like, well, what about the time that you said that uh, the the DC animated universe version of Batman is the Batman to you? It's like, well, it's different. Because I, I'm, I'm of the mindset that certain versions of characters to me are the best versions of these characters. And that is not where I'm different from Zack Snyder fans. You can believe that the Zack Snyder uh, version of a character is the best interpretation of a character. What gets me is that you think that anything that deviates from that cannot also be enjoyable while i may think that the batman 
from the DCAU is the best version. I also kind of like Michael Keaton as Batman, even though he totally murders people. And, yeah, and- Michael Keaton. Like, that's another really funny thing <laughs> is that people rush to defend well, well, Ben Affleck is bad because he kills people. Michael Keaton killed people. This is yeah. This is the thing. I don't think keeping these things is pointless. Well, yeah, but like my my side is that I don't think that Ben Affleck's Batman is bad just because he kills people. I think it has a lot more to do with the way and the number and the way it's presented and a lot of other factors other than him killing people. Uh, But it's like it's also like even if my favorite Superman was the Christopher Reeve Superman, which he's not necessarily, but like for the sake of this argument, do you have a favorite live action Superman? Uh, you know what? It might actually be the new one, to be honest. Oh, uh, the the Superman Lois Superman? Yeah, I I think Brandon Routh is my favorite live action Superman. I think that's a fair asse- asse- assessment because he also did really good as like the sort of faux Kingdom Come Superman in the uh, um, the Watcher Jigger, the uh, <laughs> Crisis on the, the, the Crisis. Yeah, but yeah, the way that I would put it is that while there are versions of these heroes where I'm like, yeah, that that's the truest one to me. That's this is. When I think of Superman or when I think of Batman, I'm picturing this guy. This is the full essence of the character. I'm never going to say, you know, anything different than this can't be Batman or can't be Superman or you are dumb or childish for for thinking so. It's just so many people gatekeep this stuff, which is also part of the reason that this podcast exists, because there's so much toxicity in like yeah. no 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 everyone stay away from my my prestigious artsy thing it's, uh, you know it's, star wars fans do it uh marvel fans do it dc fans do it snyder fans who only like those the, it is funny to me that there are snyder fans this is not all snyder fans <laughs> And this is not an exclusive problem to Snyder fans, but there's definitely not a sig- it's not a sig- <laughs> there's definitely a significant portion of people who I see advocate for a lot of Snyder stuff, like Restore the Snyderverse and stuff, who seem to really just like those three movies, and they think everything else about the comic book genre is dumb. And it's like, I mean, okay, but stop. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's that- weird. To finish what I was trying to say, though, is like I can get kind of judgmental about other versions of the characters, but where I draw the line is I don't get judgmental about them because they're different from what I hold to be the truest interpretation of the character I've seen so far. I judge them on an individual basis. Does this version work for what it is being presented as, the medium that it is presented in, and for what I think the character should be? So, like, for example, even if I, like I was saying, even if I thought that Christopher Reeves was the best Superman, I would still love the Justice League Gods and Monsters Superman, which is very different because he's in an extremely different kind of story. And he still embodies a lot of the values that I find that Superman holds dear, even if he goes about embodying them in very different ways. It's like, it's a different skin, but the core of the character is still there. And that's why it bugs me when Zack Snyder fans get pissy about, you know, other versions of the characters. It's like, you're, you're not bothering to look at the characters on an individual basis. You're literally only going as far as it's not like the version I like, 
so I hate it. Yeah, I and I'm like not going to be... But I'll, I'll still love ones that are different if I find that they're done well. And I'm not going to be too hard on the Snyder fan base, partly because, man, they've been through hell. They just they just <laughs> want their Justice League 2 and 3, and I want their Justice League 2 and 3. And it's very sad that we'll probably never get to see it. So I always try to hold that in my head. But I'm like, yeah, you, you guys have kind of been picked on by Warner Bros. And it's really unfair. Yeah. Uh, oh, Warner yeah, Bros. I, I'm a little oh, bit on the Bros. That where I'm yeah. kind of... I don't know. I feel like maybe you guys don't really deserve... <laughs> <laughs> You've kind of been acting terrible. Yeah, <laughs> there are... It really... There, there are definitely some who have... Who resort to, like, sending death threats to like Warner Bros executives and stuff it's like oh, yeah no. but it obviously Sup- Superman would be disappointed in you don't it do that it super sucks for the fans who are like you know more mild and like more polite about this stuff like for people for the average per- I'm sure the average Zack Snyder Justice League or whatever fan is you know someone who's just like I just think they're neat and it's just that they get drowned well, out yeah, by that's exactly loud. where I am I like I like Man of Steel I'm okay with Batman versus Superman I had to headcanon some stuff and kind of accept <laughs> it as as not quite the same Batman and Superman that I know but it's okay cuz there's a multiverse and I can kind of headcanon that as being cool and then I really rather enjoyed uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League and I wish I could see how that plays out but man it bugs me when when fan bases resort to like death threats and and all this stuff and that's no whoever you're advocating for would be disappointed in you Superman would be disappointed in you if you're sending death threats to people it's the same way I feel about Star Wars fans sending like back back in the day sending death threats to Ahmed Best for playing Jar Jar, it's like, come on, man. Luke, Luke Skywalker would be disappointed in you. Just, just calm down. Oh yeah. Anyway, that's that's my rant about toxic fandom. <laughs> but <laughs> I said, where were we? We were somewhere on this. We were. Uh, yeah, his mask is dumb, and it doesn't hide his face. The mask, and... the mask is dumb. The suit is cool. The costume, des- the the design is awesome. They're probably not going to keep the light motif. Hey, can I make a complaint that actually does tie in with uh, Green Lantern? Yeah. Can we stop having villains be smoke, please? Stop! Stop with the smoke villains. <laughs> it's a great PSA. Don't smoke, kids. It, it's not good for you. But if you're going to be a villain. Don't smoke. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> By which I mean, don't be made of smoke. But yeah, angry space clouds don't make good villains. <laughs> Parallax but, at least had a face. But, but like angry smoke clouds voiced by Clancy Brown. That's a different story. Now I'm in. It's <laughs> now, still now bad. I'm with it. <laughs> but at least now he has a cool voice, I guess. Yeah, Galactus I, didn't even have a voice, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I, that's true. Was it Clancy Brown? Now, see, now I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. 
I'm not even going to look. I'm going to say it's Clancy Brown, and you can tweet me <laughs> if I was wrong. Follow the Wouldn't show be... on Twitter at Fandom Optimists and let me know I was wrong. Wouldn't it be hilarious if this is how you become famous with a that flood of emails if telling I get... you you're wrong? If I get a bunch of people just telling me how wrong I was about Clancy Brown, I refuse to look it up. Voice the cloud. I refuse to look it up. Ah, howl me, boy! They had that one of the Skarsgård people. There's a lot of Skarsgårds. I can't keep them straight. One of the Skarsgårds is the the other villain who gets to dissect an alien. And Amanda Waller was in this movie. That was cool. Nice hey, world building. Yeah, that was a Skarsgård. Is Peter? Oh no, it's not a Skarsgård. It's a Sarsgård. Ah. I was going to say, what is it with the Skarsgårds and having giant fucking foreheads? <laughs> uh, see, I was wrong. I I used up my lucky streak on guessing facts about this movie, and now I am well out of luck. <laughs> now I will get everything wrong for the rest of the show. Uh, yeah, it is, it is Sarsgard, not Skarsgård. And he's okay. He's okay. I, <laughs> I feel like there was a good performance of a good character somewhere in there, but it wasn't executed properly. The dude and... has a great scream. That scream is amazing. It's chilling and and it's and it's teeth gritting. Like it's ah, it's such a good scream. I couldn't even properly tell you what it is they did wrong. All I know is that somewhere along the way, something went wrong. Well, <laughs> with part of it, character. part of it is that he's meaningless in in the plot of the movie. He's meaningless, and he has nothing to do with the main villain. And but the main villain acts like he failed him somehow. Angry, angry Clancy Brown Space Cloud says, "You failed me, and, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat your soul or whatever." In order uh, to fail him, wouldn't he need to have an objective? Yeah, and and to my knowledge, Clancy Brown Space Cloud never called up. Uh, Pennywise, and uh, <laughs> and told him what he was supposed to do. So I have no idea what why he was disappointed and, in him. And you're right. As far as like the overall plot, from Hal Jordan's perspective, he's literally just a guy that shows up at one point with a big head, and then he telekinetically chucks some metal things at him for a little bit, and then Hal knocks him out and goes on his way. So he could have just been like a montage villain that you see someone take down like over the course of five seconds. But they decided to really focus on this guy, on studying Abin Sur's corpse and getting the parallax juices all up in his cranium and uh, like getting mad at his students who are shitty college students. And Yep. And it's like we... Oh, and his dad is like the Department of Defense guy or whatever the fuck he is. Oh yeah. So Who's, like, do you hide into Do you Paris. understand this? Do you understand this? I I still don't quite get it. 
maybe I'm just dumb, but so the beginning of the movie is Hal is fighting these training things, and he works for the company that's selling them to the military. I think no, he's a he's an Air Force pilot. He he's, works okay. for the military. And so, okay. So, okay. So he's he's just with the Air Force, and this other company is trying to sell the Air Force the drones. Yeah, there's they're trying to prove that uh, the technology is viable enough to like go out and upgrade the Air Force's arsenal. So the Air Force wants this deal to go through. Um, right. So the Air Force is trying to prove that it's viable. It's yeah, it's it's a little bit of a I feel like there's a lot of echo. All of a sudden I stepped into a different corner of my room. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, I can't hear there, there's there's like a. OK, it's, it's sort of a complicated thing, right? So there is this company that is wanting to sell this technology to the Air Force and you could be like, well, wouldn't the Air Force want good technology? It's like, yeah, but they think that it's already good enough. And that they're, uh, you know, 99% of pilots cannot outdo this technology. So they're totally on board to get it. But Hal is like one of the best pilots. So they get him specifically to put on a show to show that, you know, this technology can fly with the best of them. Um, and when he goes out of his way to fly as best as he can and he does manage to defeat these drone pilots or whatever it actually pisses the army off because it's like now they're going to have to spend more time tweaking and upgrading and trying to make it able to beat you you were just supposed to fly pretty good and because it was also like a shareholders like stock type situation where like people needed to have good faith in this technology for it to go through properly but Hal killed that faith. And the average Joe isn't going to know that he's like the top 1% of the top 1% or whatever of pilots. They're just going to be like, hey, this pretty good Air Force pilot really fucked those drones up. I guess, like, I don't have faith in them defending our country because, you know, what if a fucking Iraqi pilot or whatever, because, you know, they're Americans and they're racists, um, yeah. Yeah. uh just does the thing that he did and the air force is trying to be like no no you don't understand most of our pilots can't do that <laughs> yeah so it's and then a bunch of people like lose their jobs immediately as a result of this somehow which is like the next day it's shocking how fast they laid off all these people yeah it's i mean i would say that that's like unrealistic there's there's some there, wonky stuff there was also the situation in the real world where, um, I don't know if you know about Homestuck. I um, don't think so. There's, uh, I, I won't go in, it, I won't go all, let me tell you about Homestuck, which is itself a meme, but, uh, there was a early 2000 or early 2010s, I'll say, um, webcomic series called Homestuck. And it was so popular, uh, around like 2012 and the days of Tumblr and all that stuff that they were going to make a video game. And there was a huge debacle where uh, the Kickstarter for the video game raised multiple millions of dollars. And um, one day, the the company that was working on the video game, like, they were told one day, like, hey, you guys are doing a great job. 
you might even be getting raises soon. And literally overnight, like the next morning, they all got emails that they were fired. Oh, and just an entire company of people was fired from the project. No preamble, no buildup, no rhyme or reason. They were just fired all of a sudden. So it wasted a bunch of other people's Kickstarter money. <laughs> so what you're saying is the Green Lantern movie is actually quite accurate. Yeah, sometimes people do really dumb shit, like just <laughs> fire a bunch of people overnight. Oh, man, that's that's sad. It is. Humans suck. Humans? Uh, as, as is said many times by the guardians of the, uh, of the universe in this movie. They're like, man, humans are terrible. Y'all are petty and you're too young and you're, just, you're all assholes and we don't really want one of you being the Green Lantern. Yeah, they're not wrong. They're not? That was, yeah, re-watching this movie as an adult, like... Yeah, honestly, I don't think a human should be a Green Lantern either. <laughs> uh, Mark Strong as Sinestro is awesome. I'm uh, he was underused. He should have been in this movie more. I really liked him. I agree. And ending it with the uh, tea. This was back when comic book movies definitely were not guaranteed any sort of a sequel because they set one up they have it end with sinestro put on the yellow ring and get his comic book costume yeah his yellow lantern costume yeah Uh, yeah, that was was... a few things i was really excited for because i wasn't super into man of steel but I was excited for a Sinestro villain movie, and, they just, and that was the one they didn't do. Oh, God. I really It also is that. kind of funny, because um, in terms of, like, comic accuracy, if you wanted to have a Green Lantern series, you're obviously going to try to get Sinestro as soon as possible because he, you know, is like the arch enemy of Green Lantern, but they actually did it in the perfect order. You don't start with the first movie having Sinestro because, uh, okay, so all of the different Lantern Corps, um, they they have, uh, you know, their, their colors, their energies. All the rings are connected to the little portable lanterns you have. The portable lanterns are connected to the giant power batteries. And the giant power batteries are connected to a cosmological entity that embodies that color as well as an emotion. And so there's like uh, nine of them. And originally there just wasn't one for yellow. But Parallax wound up becoming the yellow entity. And oh wow, I didn't know that part of it. I knew that I knew that all the colors represented different emotions. I did not realize that Parallax invented the yellow one. Yeah, and so the entire thing of Sinestro uh, getting the yellow ring, uh, the first yellow ring being powered by Parallax, who is the villain in this first movie, is actually comic accurate. That's really cool. I had no idea that that was straight out of the comics. That gives me even more respect for this movie. Right? <laughs> I actually really liked that because, like, uh, and this Parallax movie also gets too the... much hate. 
<laughs> Parallax also has a very storied history with Green Lantern. Um, again, this isn't Cape Corner, so I won't deep dive it too much. But suffice it to say, Parallax has been a villain not only as a big cosmological entity who empowers the Yellow Lanterns, but also he invaded Hal Jordan. And right. Hal and Jordan then, became, and then shit like, got he bad. Called, he called himself Parallax, and he was a villain for a while. Sounds like you're going to have to do a Green Lantern episode over on Cape Corner in the near future. Uh, I'll get there at some point. Yeah, I you'll have get a lot there. to talk about. There's so <laughs> many things, yeah, because because you do a you do an individual character every week, <laughs> and there's like limitless characters. In I these have things. I have content to talk about for the rest of my life. <laughs> that it's yeah, it's unlimited. It's it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, this movie gets too much hate. I think all things considered. I, which I find is true for most things that get hated on. I disagree with like most negativity towards stuff. Every now and then I'll come across a, a movie where I'm like, yeah, this is just straight up unwatchable. But yeah, I'll admit that when it came out, um, I didn't like it. Mm. And, you know, I thought it was, you know, bad. But really, if I take a moment to compare it to movies that I think are worse, and yes, I am talking about the Zack Snyder movie, <laughs> then you know what? It's it's not good, but I would say it's average, right? Like, it's decent. Yeah, and, this is not an offensively bad movie, the way that a lot of no. people say this is straight up garbage. It is not. No, not at all. But then again, I also like X-Men Origins Wolverine, so people will hate me for that. Yeah. It, it is it is kind of bland. It's you know, a, a little forgettable, sadly. And it was yeah. forgotten by the but, studio. But you know what? Uh I think I, we should also give it credit. Um I haven't watched this movie for like 8 years. Mm. Uh and I would assume you haven't watched it for a similar uh, period of time and yet it's... we're still able to remember things about it we're talking about it right here yeah it's not been all that long for me i've watched it in the last two years but i can't remember when in the last two years uh, uh it's been a while for me yeah it's you know it's a movie it's there yeah i 10 out of I 10 would... everyone go watch it <laughs> <laughs> uh if I were to recommend, you know, a movie for other people to watch, this wouldn't be my first pick. Uh, but it definitely wouldn't be my last. Like, if, if like, someone if... wanted to know more about the Green Lantern, this wouldn't be like, like with Fantastic Four, someone's like, I want to know more about the Fantastic Four. I'm not going to tell them to watch 2015's Fantastic Four or Fantastic. <laughs> I was going to say, say it right, boy. <laughs> Fanforstic. But for, for this, I'm like, yeah, you should go check out the Green Lantern movie if you want to know more about the Green Lantern. It's, it explains some stuff pretty well, and it's not a terrible movie. It's enjoyable if you're watching it right. And I think, I think this, is a, this is a pretty good movie to start with in our occasional episodes of watching something that's famously considered to be terrible and being as optimistic as we can about it, because it really highlights that the optimism in our fandom optimist title 
does not refer to universally loving things or refusing to acknowledge anything's faults or anything that you dislike. But it's just about never letting unnecessary negativity into your frame of mind. That's the big thing for the, the fandom optimists, I think. I agree. I think that's something more fans need to keep in mind nowadays. Like, we're we're here because supposedly we things. So when yeah. you constantly <laughs> go out of your way to dislike, it's like, why are you here? Yeah, just, you know, we at least things. at least try and want to to like these things. And there we are always things. valid complaints to dislike stuff, but it's the it's the kind of rageful uh, negativity that that some fans get towards some of this stuff that I just I don't get it. I can't I can't follow it, and I'm here to talk about the opposite. Yeah, see, I, like we want things to be good. So I understand wanting to hold things to a certain standard. Like there are people on the other side of the spectrum that get mad if you call out uh, negative aspects of things. Like I've had people get mad at me because I don't like Teen Titans Go. And I'm like, and, and their excuse is always the same thing. Well, it's a kid's show. It's a kid's show. It's a kid's show. There's really good kid shows. There are Avatar some Glass very good kid shows. Avatar The Last Airbender, Dexter's Laboratory, Samurai Jack, there are shows for children, made for children, that are so fantastic that as an adult, I don't have any trepidation watching them. And I want that for today's kids. So I understand wanting things to maybe be better when you find fault in them, but at the same time, when you go out of your way to try and create fault in something that isn't really you know that bad it like again the the star wars discourse with the new movies people try to twist things in their mind they they put on rose-colored glasses to blind them from any faults that the old movies had and will say that those faults only exist in the new movies and whenever when anyone goes those same problems exist in the old ones but you like them (laughs) then they fucking lose it they lose their minds it's like yeah i agree i think that your podcast here is a necessary reminder that like even if you want things to have a certain level of quality do it in moderation still enjoy what we do have because there's good things out there there's fantastic stuff out for nerds right now yeah always start with a compliment before you start working on your negativity so before we uh, jump into our beloved and and always called for segment. What have we been watching? Uh, here's your quick reminder to follow the show on Twitter at Fandom Optimists. Same thing for Facebook. Uh, like, follow, do whatever the things are. Share the podcast with friends. It would really help us out. And make sure to check out Blue's podcast, Cape Corner, where he takes a deep dive into a character from video games or sci-fi or anime or comic books every single week sometimes i show up over there and it's a lot of fun uh we we feel more free to to cut loose (laughs) on that show sometimes and sometimes the rants get real fun over there so if you want to hear blues completely unfiltered thoughts (laughs) hop over to there Uh, unfiltered 
or unhinged. You be the judge. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, I should make so, that like a new tagline. Unfiltered. Or, I love it. You should definitely use that. You should put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we're going to we're going to jump over to what have we been watching, but first here is a quick word from our sponsor. Okay. What have we been watching? Blue, have you been you've been watching stuff this week? No, uh, but no. I'll tell you what. Um, I'll I'll say this. Uh, it's not something new that I've started watching, but it's an ongoing series I've been watching, and I highly recommend to all of your listeners, but also to you, Jordan, because I feel like you probably. I think I actually asked you, and I'm pretty sure you said you don't know about it. My Hero Academia. It is going strong, and it's getting better all the time. And I watched yesterday's episode today and it made me cry and it's just so good uh i can't remember do you know anything about my hero academia other than the title and that it's popular i know nothing so i'll i'll use this as a way to sort of advertise it to your listeners but also explain it to you uh the premise is that well it's an anime uh so you know it's a japanese cartoon for those of you who are extreme normies um it's (laughs) uh but it has an English release. If you want to listen to it in English, that's, you know, you can do that. Um, it is a series where the premise is that 80% of the world's population has some sort of superpower. Isn't quite the right, right word. It's called a quirk because quirks can be superpowers. Some people can shoot explosions from their hands. Some people can be invisible. Some people can hear small noises from far away or uh, uh, like leap around with super strength. But some people also have really dumb abilities. There's a guy who can just pull his eyes out of his head and like stretch his eye socks like a slug. Uh, There's a guy who can just make his nose really long and droopy. Um, So not every quirk immediately makes you superhero material. But what's great is that all quirks are physical abilities, meaning they all have some sort of inherent weakness. And uh, they have a hero school, a hero high school called UA, which trains people to try and be heroes. Hero is a proper profession in this world. It is a government position. Like, uh, you get paid uh, for saving lives and stopping villains. And um, no matter what kind of drawbacks your quirk may have, uh, you can train to cope with them to make even a seemingly useless power something incredible as a good example there's a character who his power is to phase through objects like shadow cat and you might go oh that's just a good power right well no because again these do not operate on superhero logic they operate on physical logic whenever he phases through stuff he cannot breathe because oxygen goes through his lungs he cannot see because light goes through his retinas and he cannot hear because vibrations in the air go through his ears. He becomes blind and deaf and he suffocates. And if he does it in his whole body, he'll just fall through the earth because he can't like control it if he's using it on his feet as well. So he wound up discovering that because mass can't overlap, if he does fall into the earth and then he turns his power off, he gets rocketed out at like super speed. So he wound up learning to use that angling his body properly to shoot out of the ground or the wall or whatever he's in 
so fast and hard that he could just punch somebody. And like, even if they hold up their hand to block, he's got to a level of control where he can phase through their block and then turn his fist solid again, just in time to hit them in the face. And he's become one of the most unstoppable heroes in the series. That's real cool. It's a fantastic series because not everybody is automatically gifted. They have to work and learn how to be clever and gain experience and control. But once you've done that, you can turn what used to be a horrible weakness into power. And it's got some of the greatest commentary on people who have mental illnesses or some sort of defect or issue or disability being treated as villains because society isn't equipped to take care of them. Um, it deals with themes of familial abuse and what, when should you forgive somebody? It deals with uh, the main character has one of the most relatable issues that all of us can relate to. He wants to be a hero, but he has no power. And he's told by other people that he can't just go out and risk his life, but it's all he wants to do. And I feel like all of us who have been superhero fans have had this realization at some point that we can't do what the people we idolize can do. And it's a fantastic character motivation that many of us can not just sympathize but empathize with and it's got some of the greatest music the greatest animation the greatest storytelling the greatest characters the greatest side characters everything about it is a 10 out of 10 highly recommend you check out my hero academia i'll have to I'll have to go find it if i have like a spare minute this week <laughs> everything keeps getting busier but yeah i gotta go find that that sounds cool that sounds cooler than I thought it was, the way you described it. I can I can link you uh, after we're done recording to you know a couple places you can watch it. Sure. Is it not? Is it on Netflix or anything? Uh, I don't believe so. I think it's on like Funimation and Crunchyroll and Verve. Ah, I don't so know what Verve those, has. It's but... on those illegal sites. Well, no, those aren't illegal. Are they not? <laughs> No, I always, I always assume that if you can watch something for free, it's illegal. <laughs> no, you still need to pay to watch the most recent episode on Crunchyroll. Oh, okay, I see. Cool. Uh, let's see what what have I been watching? Uh, I just watched like earlier today. I watched A Quiet Place for the first time. I had never seen it before. Um, good. Have you seen uh, A Quiet Place? It's the movie where they put sand down on the ground and they have a baby, which is the smartest move in this world, right? Yeah, that's that's the one. It is a damn good movie. That movie is one of the most rudely stressful movies I've ever watched. Uh, so I, I don't think I need to explain the premise of it because it was unbelievably popular uh, three years ago. But it's there's been some... In invasion apocalyptic event where there are these creatures that hunt using sound but they're blind otherwise and so everyone has to be completely silent and there's this one family that we follow that has a, a deaf daughter and so it's kind of lucky that they all probably knew sign language really well before this happened because 
they have to be completely silent at all times. And so it's just you can you can picture just from the premise how stressful that movie is. And I, the whole time I was watching it, all I could think was, man, ima- I can't I can't imagine being in the theater when it came out and being like scared to eat my popcorn because I don't want to make any noise <laughs> while that movie's running because most of the movie is dead silent. Oh, that movie stressed me out, man. There, there is a sequel. I guess that's why it like kind of popped up on on some of my streaming services because the sequel just made it to Paramount Plus. So I was like, I have to watch the original. I've never seen it before. I remember that at some point in college, I was uh, dating someone who was studying to be a speech language pathologist, and they were super excited <laughs> that that there is a movie where it's basically all sign language. And I was like, oh, that's, that is cool. And it's cool that it's real sign language and not like some made up sign language that movies sometimes do where it's like, Oh, well we made up our own sign language. That's, that's you know, it's real. And I think ASL cool. exists, so they don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah. But I, there are some times in movies where it's like, that's not ASL. <laughs> what, what sign language is that? Um, I only know how to say one phrase in American Sign Language. Uh, which phrase is that? Uh, I know how to say I love you. Okay, I was, I was 50-50 on whether or not it was going to be I love you or something comically rude. <laughs> it's, it's always Finger. one or the other. <laughs> it's always yeah. one or the other. Uh, my, my girlfriend makes a little yes. Oh, that's cool. You I mean, and I'm actually telling you how to say I love you in American Sign Language. Yeah, I, re- I remember learning I love you like back when I was like in elementary school. They taught us for some reason. They taught us a couple of Oh, things. no. Do you also say it as elementary? Yeah, I guess. Is that how I said it? There's a lot of words that I pronounce real weird. <laughs> well, they, they say it that way up here in New York. I'm from Maryland, and we say elementary. 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 Okay. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Sorry. I I I remember I've I've been made fun of for I I overpronounced the word museum now because forever I pronounced it museum for some reason, and at some point people started like why why do you say museum? I was like I don't know. It's just, it's just how it works in my head. So now I ever since ever since I got had people get on to me for that, I severely overpronounced the word museum. I get to say it very, very meticulously. I uh, I used to say crown instead of crayon when I was a kid because I oh, didn't okay. know that I didn't know how it was spelled for a while. And I I was just like, yeah, crown. And eventually someone was like, it's it's crayon. And I was like, it is. And there are people the who say crayon, but then there are other people who say crayon. Like they just kind of throw away the O M crayon, and I'm I hate I'm, the way that sounds. <laughs> I hate eh, it. Eh, I'm I'm not as against that, but I am against. Um, my coworker the other day said milk. Said like milk, like with a with an e, oh and I was like, "Do you mean milk?" Okay, <laughs> with an I. But were y'all doing the bit from that one YouTube, or were they no, serious? I, 
I was I started referencing that video and he's just I like I don't what have you any milk, I have milk. <laughs> Give the man his milk. Milk. <laughs> I loved that video so much. <laughs> no, he had no clue that, that video existed. He literally just That's says so milk. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, I'm yeah. Glad you knew about it though. Yeah, I love it. It's great. Um so yeah, I watched A Quiet Place, 10 out of 10, really, really weird, freaky, scary movie. Not that scary, but I have a very low threshold for scary movies. I can't do, like, gore horrors, and, and I can't do much supernatural horror. Like, I don't, I don't like, like, demonic possession stuff and all that. No, I can't do it. But... I can't do any of it. There was a gif from... Piranha, one of the Piranha movies, of a guy mm-hmm. who apparently he was like in real life, like a double amputee or something. But it was just like it, they they put like a prosthetic on him, and it was like he, it, I guess the scene was the piranhas like bit at a bunch of his midsection, and they were trying to drag him out of the water, and you just see like his bottom half falls off, like it like the gooey insides like and rip. Oh, 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 oh. And I was just yeah, like, oh, no. no, I can't. And that was only a gif. So I really can't see a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, I can't do gory horror movies. And I can't do like particularly creepy, like demonic, supernatural horror movies. But I can do horror movies that are like the first Saw movie is like just on the edge of like that's not quite gory enough for me to be upset and it's got no demonic possession supernatural stuff so that works um there was there was a movie i think it was titled hush on uh netflix like a a year or two ago that was it's fascinating to me that you're okay with Saul because I'm on the complete opposite end of the spectrum where I don't like all horror, but torture porn is actually the worst for me. Like, interesting. Saul is the king of torture porn. Um, and for those of you who aren't aware, it's not literal pornography. It's the title of a genre where people just seem to really enjoy watching movies where the main characters get relentlessly tortured in various terrible ways. I feel like um, part of the plot of that movie, though, was like, don't worry, these guys deserve it. <laughs> and, and in that way, it's like, eh, okay, I guess. But it's <laughs> like, even if if you, like, had uh, knowledge of, like, a terrorist, right? Yeah. And then you're like, we're, and then you hear, like, we're going to waterboard this terrorist. You'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, he deserves it. And then they go, do you want to watch? Yeah, no, not really. It's, it's like no, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't want to do this. I, I was playing Grand Theft Auto the other day, <laughs> playing GTA Five, uh, which I had never played. I never played it before. I bought. Oh, it. I know what you're talking about. The torture scene. Yeah, I bought it last year when I ran out of games to play for a while, and I was like, oh, GTA. I've never really played any of these before, but it's got a nice big open world. I like running around open worlds in video games. I'm not like a gamer gamer, but I will occasionally buy a game that has an interesting enough open world and just kind of wander it, and, and I, I like doing that. Uh, but I got to the point in the game where they make you torture guy, and I was like, no, 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 please. Please don't make me torture this man. I can't do it. 
I, I like, please don't. And then they, they have you do it. And I'm like, well, I can't keep playing unless I torture the guy. <laughs> so you have I to think... keep torturing him. I was so upset. <laughs> I think there's a, there's a setting in the game where it tells you there's a torture scene. And if you want, you can choose to skip it. Oh, I should have turned that on. That scene <laughs> was upsetting. It's like they, they've also done that now with the re-release of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Because there's a scene in that game where uh, you're an undercover U.S. operative. Who's oh, my God. To, yeah. Oh, uh, shit. And, you know, and you yes. shoot up the airport. And so they've made uh. it now where, like, at the start of that mission, uh, the game will just tell you, you're about to shoot out, shoot up an airport full of civil- civilians. Would you like to skip this mission? <laughs> yeah. What's funny is when I was younger, I had no problem with that mission. And then I played it again as an adult and i was like i this is really kind of disturbing me i don't really like this (laughs) i i'm still okay with playing it because it's it's not like i've played it recently like i don't like call of duty but i i have a pretty firm grasp of the line between fiction and reality and while i can feel sympathy for these fictional characters especially if it's done well again i just admitted that my hero academia made me cry uh i don't get really concerned with the faceless masses in video games yeah that's true um it's not like super upset still i was like oh man I it's still good touch put, yeah. i was still like did I, did I have to put this in this game i don't, I don't really like shooting like i i like feeling like in that game yeah i'm shooting the bad guys i'm being i'm being cool yeah. But now well, I'm not shooting the bad guys. I'm well, shooting again, some family trying lot, to go on a vacation. If you haven't played a lot, of, imagine that you don't have a lot of this sort of mental training that I do to differentiate and killing innocent people. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. But see, what's funny like, is I like that part of the game when you're not supposed to. Is <laughs> I have like gone up to the top of the building and like sniped people walking on the street. No, no, like, this is fun. No, I like that's one hundred. That's one hundred percent when you're supposed to do it. You're okay. you're just supposed to rant or randomly wander around the world and be like, time for a killing spree. <laughs> and that's what Grand Theft Auto is. Yeah, it's and then like, you get in a shootout with the police, and it's like this is awesome. The greatest memory I have of the entire Grand Theft Auto franchise isn't a story mission. It's one day when I used the cheat code to spawn a tank and I just fought the entire police force and military force in Liberty City in Grand Theft Auto 3. And eventually they wrecked my tank enough that I had to get out. And I saw like, you know, those showroom buildings, like car showrooms that have all glass Mm -hmm. um, windows as like the walls. So like, I went into one of those and I see the police surrounding me and I spawned a bazooka and I had one last stand against the police. And that's the memory that I hold the most dear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will turn on the like God mode in- invincibility sheet and just get in a fight with the police because also I'm not very good at video games. And so I, I constantly get killed, but like every time I try to play GTA five, I inevitably like, accidentally run over someone with my car and then promptly get killed by the police. I am very bad at video games. That's actually why why I mostly uh, Lego games. Like, I love the Lego video games <laughs> so much. I play They're those. Fun. I play those. I play the Batman Arkham games. I played the, the 
PlayStation uh, Spider-Man games, and that's that's about it. I used to play like Legend of Zelda and stuff when I was like a decade ago, but I I usually just play games that I can just wander around and and punch criminals or punch plastic Lego versions of criminals. I really like. <laughs> I really like games with good stories these days. And so yeah. like one of my favorite game franchises is Kingdom Hearts. And fun fact, um, on some upcoming episode of um, Cape Corner, I'm going to start doing a thing where I have to try explaining the plot of Kingdom Hearts to Jay. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That'll be fun. Like, do you know anything about Kingdom Hearts? I know that it's some big Disney like crossover thing. You know what? I might want because we're doing a big we're doing the crossover, yeah. Week. Uh, in addition to you those episodes, I might want you to come in for these like occasional, like ongoing episodes where I try explaining the plot of Kingdom Hearts to you guys. Okay, I'm totally in. That seems <laughs> like that seems like a good a good place to segue into the close, which is that uh, is it. It's next weekend that you, that we're doing the big crossover with uh, Cape Corner, right? Yes. Yeah. Or so next weekend, if you view it that way, it, it's Saturday. Oh yeah. Okay. Sa- Saturday. Well, the, Saturday's when we're recording. It'll go up on Sunday. Uh the weekend of <laughs> the weekend of July thirty first. Sure. Or July thirtieth depending on how you denote your weekends. Um, it is So I will be over on, on Cape Corner for that. We will be talking about a very special character on the show, and, and it will be both occasional guest hosts on the same episode. So go check that out. Also check out some of Blue's other stuff in other episodes of Cape Corner. It's a great show. Make sure to follow us at Fandom Optimists if you haven't already. Do you have any closing thoughts, Blue? Um, Hal Jordan isn't the best Green Lantern. You can fight me. <laughs> ah, that'll that'll be a fun. That that <laughs> sounds like a good discussion for your uh, Green Lantern uh, Cape Corner episode. Oh, I'll get so, into it. <laughs> so that'll do it for us. Uh, until next time, try to stay optimistic and never apologize for loving your fandom. I'll see you next week.